Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time I spoke with Vari Towler, CEO of VivoMotion. We spoke about science animation and training to help scientists communicate their research to expert and non-expert audiences in a creative and inspiring way. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today has had an interest in ecology and caring about the environment for over two decades. Their work in conservation and mindfulness led to the creation of a business that supports the most biodiverse woodlands in the UK. I'd like to welcome Mike Cunningham to my podcast. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Hi, Lou. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me on. Oh, it's fantastic to um, have you here talking about ecology and biodiversity. And you're the CEO and founder of Nine Trees, based in the UK and not very far from here, kind of down in the Bristol area. And you've got quite a spectacular mission for your business. I'd like to hear more about that. But first, you know, two decades kind of caring about the environment, but I feel like it goes a little bit further back than that. So give me some context. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up on the banks of the River Wye. Um, this is a triple SI in Mid Wales, near Bilth Wells. And I've always had a passion for nature and the environment, you know, building dens and, and getting to know the trees and all the birds and the beasties. My dad was a wood turner, so I had a good affiliation with uh, woodlands. And then went to university and studied wildlife and country, countryside conservation. And uh, after that, worked in the conservation sector doing mainly practical management of woodlands and, and grasslands and things like that. So, yeah, I've had a, a lovely career in conservation and branched out a bit into business and tourism and arts um, for a few years, but then came back full circle um, with more gusto to try and combat the uh, climate and biodiversity crisis that we now find ourselves in. Um, I want to um, pick up on the kind of trees and childhood. Did you ever have a favourite tree to climb, Mike? I think, uh, yeah, the easiest trees to climb are like the ash trees, really, um, because they've got really good branches to hold on to. But it's really good having a diverse woodland because, you know, jumping through hazels and trying to cling onto some massive oaks, it's all really, really good fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> and now um, when I'm driving down a dual carriageway or a motorway, I often see trees that have been struck by lightning and kind of left kind of solitary in the middle of fields which type of trees are they are they always the same and why do farmers or landowners leave trees that look dead so actually um we we have got um a blog post coming out soon about dead wood and how important it is and it's it's really lovely i think to see those old dead trees standing in a woodland i think that they're generally oak trees because once they die they actually go harder and it takes them a long time to um, like rot from the inside out. And I think landowners like trees and you know it's an ode to that past woodland that was in the field or maybe it was a hedgerow they had to rip out and they left um, a couple of oak trees in there. And yeah. it's such a hive of life really. Um, so many uh, different like detritivores um, and different bugs uh, inhabit that. And then you've got the woodpeckers that can come and, and dig out those bugs and and yeah. different mammals that can live in the tree. So, yes, yeah, they're really wonderful pieces of art as well, aren't they? That's why you're yes. noticing because you're looking 
looking at um, a bleak landscape and you can see a lovely dead tree. Absolutely. And I just wanted to ask the question because, you know, during childhood, I wasn't ever one of those children that could climb trees. I was too scared about, you know, kind of grazing my knees or like, you know, getting things on my hands or whatever, climbing up these trees. But, um, you know, kind of appreciating that um, in the UK we have a massive um, range of, of different trees and kind of being able to identify and know know what species they are and, you know, kind of how they relate and connect with, with the environment and different kind of growing areas. But whilst we're talking about all of these things, we will be bringing in some technology into this episode, but I'm going to kind of hang with the ecology bit and hear a bit more about the your kind of interest um, over the last two decades, Mike. Yeah, so you're saying about the different types of tree, and um, we basically plant about 15 different types of tree here in the UK. And it depends on where you are in the UK, what type of tree you might plant, the different soil structure, what's about in the area, and sometimes what the landowner doesn't like. So um, <laughs> you might think that your planting plan has got a really diverse amount of trees in it. And then the landowner, for some reason, doesn't like rowan or mountain ash, as we call it in Wales. And yeah, now we're also we're not allowed to plant ash trees because of ash dieback. So there's lots of disease that's going on, um, especially brought over from like the Americas and, and Europe. So we have to be very careful about tree diseases and, and yeah. what we plant where. And each tree has got like a certain number so you only plant it for a region of of wales or a region of devon or dorset and yeah it uh, you can plant like a monoculture a lot of um the woodlands that you might see are conifers um and then they'll be clear felled after 25 years but we yeah. like planting a biodiverse woodland which is basically yeah. a woodland that is, has got about five to 15 different types of tree in it um, okay, so you, you talk you talked about monoculture. It, yeah. Is that right? Is that yeah. uh, I'm assuming the interpretation of that is just one type of tree in a patch of land. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just you can get clarity. monoculture crops. Yeah. Um uh usually people would say it's like a monoculture crop of oat or um maize or something like that, but you get yeah. monocultures in trees as well. And so it could be all oak trees, which are yeah. like a broadleaf tree. And we generally plant broadleaf trees. Um but mostly you see like red cedar or Sitka spruce um, or Christmas yeah. tree. So um, I, I'm desperate to ask more about trees, but um, we would probably diversify too much and going, what's a broadleaf tree? OK, I will ask broadleaf trees in the UK. What could people look out for that would, you know, what are broadleaf trees in the UK? Yeah. So if you think of um a leaf that is yep. broad basically so a needle is thin um like a pine needle yep. um, conifers also have really thin like leaves and so a broadleaf tree is more like your oak and okay. your ash and your sycamore and your yep. hazel uh, anything that's got a nice big flat leaf um okay. that draws in lots of sunlight and generally is not acidic so it's uh, when it falls to the ground it creates a lovely hummus which turns into lovely soil whereas a, a pine tree has like acidic needles which when oh. it falls to the ground um, basically covers the ground and doesn't allow much else to grow. Oh fantastic thank you for clearing that one up. I remember when I was at school I found a little an acorn and um, 
it was the the oak leaf was the emblem for the school that I was at and I planted it I think it managed to survive about eight or nine years um, and kind of growing but it for me that oak leaf did doesn't I I don't imagine it to be a broad leaf but as in opposed to a pine leaf that's very very slight and thin I get it Um, Mm. but in my mind the oak leaf or the oak tree didn't feel like a, a broad leaf tree so um but yeah i nurtured this little oak tree um for quite a number of years and then it just kind of i don't know surroundings probably not having any other oak oak tree friends around it it just was like no, i'm not playing anymore so it's quite sad quite sad yeah, to have a little lot of looking after <laughs> anyway um talk to me about um nine trees which is your uh, you're the CEO and founder of Nine Trees. Uh, talk about uh, the mission and what you're aiming to do um, in the UK. So um, we're a community interest company. Um, it's like a not-for-profit social enterprise, and we put all our money back into either planting trees or education and training for our like team, and obviously paying people well, hopefully. <laughs> and at the moment, we are about nine of us in the core team and we have some volunteers and we started in 2019 and we've got now 10 sites in the UK and we've got 25 landowners on a waiting list and our mission really is to create a biodiverse network of woodlands throughout the UK. Yeah. Um, we've got a site in Scotland which is agroforestry and we've got potential site in Northern Ireland so now we hopefully by the end of next year we'll be able to say we've got a plantation in every country of the UK and then hopefully every county of the UK in the next couple of years so landowners basically come to us and say that they've got a part of their land that they'd like to return to wildlife yeah or they'd like to make their hedges wider or maybe their field was called um cops field and a copse relates to an old small woodland oh yes so it'd be good to put that back into a woodland so we're working with landowners we're not just buying up fields and planting and and you know we're making sure that the area is sustainable for food production as well as for biodiversity and then that's all funded by the sponsorship of trees so individuals who care about the environment and want to see more biodiversity in the uk will sponsor one tree or nine trees which is what we hope for and businesses will sponsor nine trees or 900 trees or 9,000 trees. And then we all come together and we get professionals to plant the trees, but then the sponsors can come and visit the trees. So it creates that like, you know, feeling of all being together in this fight against the biodiversity crisis, but also the climate crisis because the trees sequester lots of carbon. And it also means that when you're walking around the field, Anyone you bump into will either be the landowner or another impassioned person or business. And you can watch hope grow, you know, every year you go and and hopefully, hopefully before you die, have a bit of time under the shade of a nice oak tree um, oh, fantastic. With, in the company of other nice people. Oh, that sounds it. It sounds really lovely. Bringing kind of bringing back the history of the land in the UK. When you talk about the kind of copsewood, um, I go, okay, yeah, I, I recognise the, the term. And, you know, everyone seems to be returning things to their natural, traditional form right now. But yep. equally, you know, bringing people together that are like-minded and care about the environment in a real, tangible place rather than, 
you know, online, for example. But I know kind of bringing this this conversation round technology and kind of planning out the the biodiversity of these woodlands. You use geolocation and drone footage and all sorts of other amazing things. So tell me a bit more about how all of that stuff works. Yeah, so um, from, from the sponsor's point of view, maybe they just see our website or something on social media. Um, and then that goes through to obviously um, sponsoring a tree or a few hundred trees. But we do a lot more like before we even plant a tree. So we've got about 50 stages of tree planting we go through you know, from landowner coordination, buying and, and coordinating all the trees and stakes and guards um, and the professionals to go and plant them in each county. And that's all got to be backed up really by ecology visits and surveys. And also then really important, the desk-based survey, which we use like Magic Maps, which is through Natural England. And that's got mm -hmm. so much mapping data that's been coordinated by ecologists throughout the UK. And then, you know, utilise that to see if it's the right tree in the right place. And then when we do the ecology visits, then they have to update all that information onto a map, which is yeah. usually like um, my forest. Um, and then, you know, then we then the work kind of starts, really. <laughs> then we can go and visit the site more and, and do a planting plan. And that's all uh, drawn up on a map. And I suppose from there, the tech really is about watching the trees grow and survive and watching yeah. their mortality. And also finding out about the biodiversity gain that we're getting from the sites. So using drone footage means yeah. we have to visit the sites less, but also it has to be backed up by field studies and ecologists again going to site. And then now recently we're implementing satellite technology to look at each polygon um, so we can extrapolate from that how much of a good effect or, or not a good effect we're having on that part of the, the field or the county. Okay, explain um, the polygon thing because you you kind of so, mentioned it, and and I don't know what you're talking about. So basically, every time a satellite passes over, it takes yep. millions of photos of each square meter. But yep. in order for someone to like drill down into that, it's kind of instead of done in squares, it's done in a polygon, and so that ah. you, they all link up and it makes a nice kind of beehive. Like oh, I see. Crop. So it can actually, it can fit a circle or a sphere rather than um, a square. I guess yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's just what is has been used and is used. Um, and, you know, so they're like um, 50 metre polygons or sometimes they're five metre polygons. And you can really yeah. drill down so that when you're geolocating um, yourself as an ecologist or that yeah. plant or that tree, you know to like 10 decimal places where you, where, where the right tree is that you're meant to be mapping. And then hopefully we can use that data to show that the satellite imagery is doing well yeah. so that the ecologist can spend less time behind the computer writing everything down and more time in the field uh, getting the raw data, which is backed up by drone footage and satellite data. So, yeah, it's really interesting. And we're working with like Bath University on that and uh, another company called Map Impact. So... Uh, it's really interesting things going forward and, and we're kind of trialing things with them as well. So uh, although there are massive companies out there that might also be doing this, we're involved in a few different studies and hopefully we'll have uh, much more to show for it in the next couple of years as our sites become more mature. So some of our sites are just one or two years old and we've yeah. only got a couple of four-year-old sites. So it's really good to get that data from the beginning um, yes. for the next 25, 50 years and it'll be really 
good to see what happens. Fantastic. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Mike Cunningham, CEO and founder of Nine Trees. Mike, you mentioned biodiversity gains. What does that really look like in in kind of understandable terminology for for listeners and me? <laughs> so if we plant a tree, it, it's not just that that um, thrives, basically. We usually fence off an area of land and then the um, the grasses grow more and then you've got more um, like um, insects and invertebrates that come along yep. and they also support more life on the next level up which is more like mammals and then from there they also support bird life and uh, predators like owls and kestrels and things like that so you're just by fencing off an area and planting a tree and letting things happen you're yep. increasing the biodiversity of that site so biodiversity is all life on that site it's not just the tree or the animal it's um you know it's the butterfly it's the kestrel that doesn't live on that land yet but comes over to yeah. there and as the trees grow it goes through lots of different cycles of biodiversity and yeah. at some stage when the trees are full canopy level then the understory may degrade a little bit so then you need to measure also what's happening with the biodiversity then yeah. and also when the tree dies it falls over and we we're saying about dead wood at the beginning yeah that then creates another biodiverse habitat with all the detritivores and everything else living off them insects so you've got many different levels and it will fluctuate a little bit but yeah. if it's just um like a crop field or a field with sheep on it generally the biodiversity is going to be the same year on yeah. year without any changes um so that's why farmers now have uh, areas of the land which they don't crop so yeah. that it can help the biodiversity which can then also help their crops flourish because of the insects and pest ratio yeah. so it's really important to to do this study not just from the satellite but also to get ecologists on the ground to to back up what the satellites think we're doing yeah so i was going to say you know if you've just got one measure um, how could you see once it's a full canopy what the real situation is on site as far as kind of the biodiversity is concerned, whether, yeah. you know, growth in a change cycle um, and uh, various other bits. But it sounds yeah. like you've, you've got a fantastic team that you kind of have out there in, in the field, so to speak, or in the woodland yeah. um, doing all of that for you and, and obviously gathering more data what does that data look like and you know is that kind of mappable on a long-term basis uh, and what's the impact back on the environment so um we do have to like use lots of different statistics to analyze things and obviously we can't go around and and literally look at a meter squared and then do the next meter squared because over a hectare of woodlands that's thousands of meters and and thousands of hours so we yeah. just do um like a test where you you can walk the line and then you just say what you saw on that line or you throw yeah. a couple of transects out and you map those and then you say that's times by a thousand uh, yeah. roughly and then that's why it's also be good to use satellites and drone footage because then we need less people to do that and we can have more people employed to actually plant the trees and yeah. to let people know about what we're doing so instead of just 10 sites which yeah. we now have when we've got a hundred or a thousand sites, uh, that'll be virtually impossible to coordinate with many ecologists. 
Absolutely. And um, we're talking about kind of growing a growing business. Um, what are your what's your vision? You've got 10 sites and you want to kind of have more. Whereabouts are they in the UK? And is it only people that sponsor a tree that have access to kind of see your work in, in the real life? Yeah. So at the moment, um, because we want to protect the landowner, because this is a, a thing that we're all doing together, and obviously landowners can't just have millions of people coming to their sites. So it is currently like sponsors only. Um, if you volunteer with Nine Trees, you're also allowed access. And we're trying to open it up now to not just the businesses, but their clients that can come and see it. And yeah. But that's by, you know, we, we have to organize that with the landowner to make sure people aren't just turning up at the wrong time of year, like maybe when they're lambing or maybe they've got some issues that they they need to clarify with us or, or access to the site so yeah. we just need to keep it small at the moment and we want to work with people who ask us those questions uh, because then we can get a minibus to the site and, and show them around properly and explain yeah. to them what nine trees does rather than just people turning up and, and not really understanding what we're doing because there's yeah. a, a bit of disparity between uh, woodlands and cropland and farming and we're all in this together and, and the farmers that we do plant with really want us to plant and they really want to see that return to wildlife yeah um, so you know we're trying to do it as holistically as possible and then the sites at the moment uh we have got sites in anglesey carmarthenshire powys derbyshire staffordshire and dorset and we're hoping to get a devon site and a hereford site on board and a scotland site is already on board sorry this year it's near fife so yeah 10 sites I think four of them are in Powys and um, that's where Powys is the county that I grew up in, in Mid Wales, but now I live in yeah. Bristol. So yeah, our plan basically is to plant at least nine trees in every county of the UK before 2025. So okay. we're really looking for landowners anywhere and you'd be surprised how many landowners you know if you speak to your network. Um, and that's obviously great for us to be on this podcast. And we usually plant between 500 and 5,000 trees but we're now okay. changing the way we work a little bit so that we can just send trees to people and plant 90 trees. So yeah. it still does take a little bit of land. It's not really for a back garden kind of thing. Um, okay, so so to plant 90 trees, I was quite shocked when you said between 500 and 5,000. Obviously, if you've got, you know, woodland land, then that's great. Um, but if you did have space to plant 90 trees what does that look like are we talking about a couple of acres or more uh, let, so, let yes. me feel what that you know what's so, that, what that's um, like. recently we planted like 500 trees on half an acre of land so that's like 100 meters long by about yep. 10 to 12 meters wide so, so what, what's the benefit big, of planting yeah. that tight i, I don't explain so, it's um it's at least 2.4 meter spacing and usually it's three meter spacing we plant out which is a lot better for the trees and for the environment and the thing is that if we can plant that many trees in an area we're welcoming biodiversity straight away and we're creating yeah. that habitat that um habitat corridor between one woodland and another or we're or in the middle of just cropland and having that as an oasis in the middle for um, animals to to retreat to and to call yeah. their home is a really good start. So then we can start connecting those habitats with other woodlands and other yeah. lakes and rivers and streams. And it's it's not about us as a grassroots company. We haven't got a hundred thousand pounds to start with or a million pounds to go out to all the landowners and buy land and plant trees. And 
yeah um, we want to do this as a kind of grow small grow beautiful kind of company that is working with people who we all want this to happen but in a nice way you know we yeah. don't want to be forceful yeah. about it we don't want to plant for money we don't want to just plant for carbon we're planting for biodiversity and mental health and rural jobs and yeah for us to feel hope so really i suppose 90 trees is just so that we can get to more landowners and then maybe next year or the year after they might want to plant 500 trees but it does kind of cut out the person who wants nine trees in their back garden because that costs us money to go to and the person who's got a back garden if they want trees then maybe they can buy their own trees and this is just as an additional thing yes so yeah it's hard because a lot of people do say oh great where are you going to plant my nine trees can i have them in my garden and then they realize it's about the bigger concept you know it's about worldwide but it's also about acting local to uh Mm. thinking and acting local to basically act global yes do you have a website but still don't feel you're getting enough engagement do you wonder why your competitors websites seem to be performing better well, Lutech are currently offering a free website and social media health scan to give you a benchmark idea into how your site and accounts are currently performing. Lutech's mission is to get as many of the 9 million inactive websites in the UK active with regular content that will bring your SEO Google ranking to the top 10 in your sector with its monthly subscription, including hosting, security, SEO development and social media content so you can be found by your ideal clients. Register now at lutech.co.uk forward slash healthscan for your free website and social media review. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett and today I'm talking with Mike Cunningham, CEO and founder of Nine Trees. Mike, I, I kind of want to bring in the conversation around the, the impact on, on the world because we're talking about, you know, not being able to just plant nine trees in our garden, but being part of the bigger story and the bigger narrative that the UK is making on the world environment space. So the concept really springs from uh, me and my eco-anxiety and where I am placed in the world and how I can affect the world in a better way for biodiversity and for climate change. And as an average UK citizen, I would emit about nine tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere every year. So if I can try and balance that by planting X amount of trees, um, then I would feel better about it and maybe my friends and family and and the rest of the people in the UK would also feel a bit better and then they'd be able to actually um, affect what's going on around them so not just recycling you know but about affecting policies and and the way they live their life and interact with carbon and and nature so then I found out that nine one tree can sequester one ton in its lifetime so yeah. why don't we plant nine trees each? If everyone planted nine trees, but then yes. every year, not just once. So yes. that's why it's like a, an annual subscription if people want to sign up. And that adds to the bigger picture with the fact that it's a, not about trees and carbon. It's more about behavior and understanding yes. that you, you emit nine tons. So maybe I should reduce that nine tons down to four tons or two tons. How can I do that? So it's about... Yeah people coming on a journey with nine trees and um, not just planting nine trees every year but realizing that they've been alive for 30 years so maybe we should plant you know 300 trees and 
uh, there's various different subscriptions, but um, that's why it's really good when businesses sign up because they then tell their staff or their um, clients that yeah. they're doing this. And then that has a massive effect, really. Um, it saves us on um, marketing, but also it means people are more, they want to understand, they want to get enthused. Yeah. And, and they can come and visit the sites. And so it's, it adds to the worldwide, you know, that we should try and plant a trillion trees in the next couple of years to balance what we've got. We're yeah. doing it here in the UK, um, and we really love all the other tree planting organisations that are happening out there. Um, and we really, really love the like people who like conserve rainforest, you know, so stopping cutting things down. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's about it's about letting people know who are passionate about out there that we exist um, and that we're trying to do it you know not for money we're doing it for all hopefully all the right reasons yes Um, and yeah I think um, it's very much about doing our own bit for the environment in in the right way and like you're saying it's getting more people to understand that actually you're saying that it's nine tons of carbon emissions for each uk citizen a year year. yeah um which is kind of massive when you start doing the sums how you can then um you know balance that up by planting or being part of the planting for of nine trees each year um i love the fact that it's kind of you know that that's your company name or your cic name um and it's actually founded in something real and tangible that people can kind of connect with and i hadn't actually heard that story from you before mike so um it's re- it's really nice to hear i say nine tons did you say nine tons yeah, so um, one tree is one ton okay. and we emit nine tons and that's why we should plant at least nine trees and obviously we should have planted them 60 years or 90 years before our yeah. birth but we haven't so let's start now take our head out of the sand and try and positively affect the rest of the things we can in our life, you know, about um, travel and food and, and all kinds of things, sustainability. Yes. Uh, it's such a, it's such a great mission. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you, for your growth and yeah. just the impact, you know, everyone can do lots of, you know, things like recycling or reusing, but actually, you know, it's not just about our, thinking about our own spaces. It's thinking about, space and planting trees outside of our kind of area city even outside of our county right now um until such time that every county has at least you know the the planting schedule or whatever so when it comes to the end you're looking after these trees for 50 years is that the end of these trees life do they then get cut down what's the strategy from the the kind of the period that you're caring for these trees so i think it's 50 years it's like landowners can work in 5 10 50 and 100 year periods basically when they lease the land um yeah and 50 years is not too much and 50 years is enough to make them realize as well that we're working together on the long term and that at the end of these trees life it probably won't be useful for much apart from biodiversity and wildlife so it's yeah. that ensuring that it carries on being uh, like a nature reserve, really. And individuals will then see that we are not just passionate about it, but we, you know, we've got people signed into license agreements, and that fifty years is probably when people are going to live until. <laughs> um, so you know, you you can see fifty years; anyone can, and yes. even kids can see what fifty years is like. But 
if you say 100 years, you're like, well, I don't know. What's going to happen in 100 years? It's quite yes. inconceivable. Um, yes. And also that's kind of my retirement age when I'm like 85, when I started the company. So I'm happy to retire then and for the, the company might carry on. And, and we've already got one landowner who is leaving us his land in, in his will. So then oh, he will then become a company that maybe does have land, but it's just not our main aim. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting, you know, the companies that we've got from FTSE 100 companies right down to individual boiler technicians who want to plant a tree per boiler to, yeah. you know, just what a person who lives in Birmingham, who wants to plant one tree a year. And yeah. they know that, that we might not get really close to Birmingham, but Staffordshire is the closest one um yeah so yeah it's, it's not about that it's about come on board now and we will eventually get to you and yes. uh, hopefully that's in the next three years or so fantastic so what are the next steps for nine trees you're expanding to different sites around the uk how does the rest of your you know i'm not going to say 50 years but what does the foreseeable future look like for nine trees yeah, so um, expanding the team with like regional reps and ambassadors to get the word out more, um, getting more landowners on board and, and getting through all the survey processes yeah. and getting businesses on board to basically help fund all of the trees that we, we want to plant. So we'd love it to be a massive expansion and we've learned so much already over the past four years that mm. we're ready for that influx of money and land. And I suppose it's just managing that, you know, we're getting on board another business development manager and more um, like marketing to help us. Although one of our main missions is to only spend like 5% on marketing and 5% on staff to make sure we're putting so much more money into actually planting trees, yeah. not becoming like one of those charities that you see that pays the boss a lot of money and nothing much happens, you know, so we really we hold those social values um it's in our it's in our statements you know yes um so i suppose the next thing is yeah telling more people and just trying to keep up our standards that's um very admirable and uh yeah i feel like i'm gonna head off to uh, have a look at your website and uh sign up to a sponsorship for um tech talks with lou so um how can people get hold of you mike and sign up and find out more about the nine trees subscription so on social media we're at nine trees uk and that's the number nine uh, not n-i-n-e and if you're on the internet then it's www.ninetrees.org and yeah, I suppose just go on our website, have a little look around, read some blogs, uh, find out how passionate we are about things and share us to your friends and uh, come and visit the trees someday. Fantastic. Um, what I usually ask guests on my podcast are for at least three tips on how someone might um, get more involved or, you know, run a startup business like your nine trees community interest company what advice would you give to to help somebody using technology maybe but having a more con conservation ecology mindset uh in the world yeah i think that there's lots of problems and barriers that we've got um integrating tech with with the environment because it's so intricate and and there's no no zeros and ones and things like that going on and so i suppose it's it's just talk as much as you can to other environmentalists and people on the ground 
and find out what companies like us need um, and what our problems are and try and solve them because often it's just about communication and making sure that we all you know we're all in this together so yeah um, why why try and start something on your own when there's a there's so much mm. um, so much learning out there already yes the sustainability um, point of view it's always thinking what you do and how it's not going to just affect you or if it's going down the sink and affecting the ocean which is massive and it's, yeah. it's how about it's that times by seven billion so can we do anything right now to change the way we utilize products um, in yeah. a sustainable way and you know talk about that as well with your family and your partner or your kids and your friends and ask them yeah. what they're doing and try and emulate that and and maybe try and you know do something above that uh, so they might want to emulate you that sounds very uh, honourable, Mike. Thank you for those shares. Um, and I also feel like, you know, the, the kind of geolocation, the drone footage, there's all sorts of exciting things from a technology perspective that, um, you know, anyone could potentially get involved with or be part of, certainly in terms of a, a kind of core common mission for Nine Trees, as well as yourself, having, uh, you know, such a passion about ecology and biodiversity. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, I've learned lots. I'm very interested to hear more and to continue kind of following your journey and, and just the, the ethics and kind of values behind what you and your team are doing around the UK. I look forward to uh, growing woodlands and uh, yeah, more kind of open kind of woodland spaces for, for more people to be able to visit. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, we hope so too. Thank you. Thanks very much, Mike. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>